0: Chapter thirteen of the Ladder of Rickety Rungs This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caro The Ladder of Rickety Rungs by T C O'Donnell. Chapter thirteen. The Ladder of Rickety Rungs Blink was home early that night from putting folks to sleep, because he hadn't Wondell and Sue to spend half an hour over. But even so, the big full moon was ahead of him, smiling and perched on top of the mountain of Glimp. They set out for the ladder of rickety rungs as soon as Blink had had some strawberry sundae and a Sue. It would have been just as well all around if they had left part of the Blink family at home that night. To get to the narrow path that leads up the mountainside, they had to go close by the sleep-sand pile, and Blake fell asleep just thinking about it. He was put away in bed, and the rest of the party started out bravely enough, but they had just got well past the pit of sand and across the river Sneep when Glap fell asleep just as he was reaching out to take a step with his right foot. Miss Knapp lived nearby, and Blink carried him into her house till they should come back. They had not gone far when Willie, who had been rubbing his eyes to keep awake, but had only rubbed more sand into them, went to sleep, and walked quite a long way before Blink noticed it. Blink laid him down beside the brook of the Laughing Water, and they went on only before they did so blink took from his pocket a paper and pencil and wrote down the places where he had left children that night by this time the night things had turned the mountain of glimp into a purple island in a sea of grey-green mist as far as they could see there was only the soft warm air of night to look into though blink whose eyes are very good in these things said he could see a bright spot below where the moonlight struck the roof of the nod palace and near it a dark, crawly thing that he said was the river Sneep. Sue wanted very much to go swimming in the mist sea, but Blink said there was no telling about the moon and the other night things. "'They're a strange lot,' he said, if they want to be, and the mist might take it into its head to fly off with you half a mile from shore. Then, unless a cloud happened along, or a nightingale's song, "'you would sink to the ground, and that is never a safe thing to do.' So they came to the top of the mountain of Glimp, and there was the ladder of rickety rungs, and the moon at the other end of it smiling at them. "'Only the lower rungs are rickety, though,' said Wandell, as they sat down to catch their breath. "'Why is it, Blink?' "'That,' Blink replied, "'is because so many of the nodders climb a few steps and then go to sleep.' One never gets all the way to the moon unless he keeps awake. So Wondell gave his eyes a hard rub, brushed himself to make sure no sleep-sand clung to him, and soon they had climbed up the ladder on to the moon. All except Dora. When Dora got to the seventh rung, he fell asleep, and Blink had to carry him down and lay him under a wisp of purple night-cloud, writing another thing in the places where he had children sleeping. "'There, Wondell said Sue when they had stepped off the ladder of rickety rungs onto the moon. "'You said the moon didn't smile. You said it only looked that way. See, he's laughing all over.' Then Sue felt something moving at her feet and looked down. "'Why, Wondell? we're standing right on the edge of a big grin.' And Sue was right.' there were big grin-wrinkles all around them that made the jolly old moon-face look like rows of hills and valleys even Wandell had to admit then that the moon was smiling and he asked the moon what it smiled about i suppose there is some reason for it he said well said the moon if you had ever so many thousands of smiles in your pocket i am sure you would smile too Just you follow that grin you are on the edge of, until you come to the fields of the gone smiles, and see what you will see. So they went on along the grin they stood on the edge of, and this grin took them on to another, and so it went. One grin ran into another grin, until they came to the fields of the gone smiles, and they saw there more flowers than they had ever known there were before there were red flowers and purple and yellow and violet and blue and orange flowers they were of all kinds too dainty roses that danced in the soft breezes and veronica and sweet williams and daisies and pansies and a lot besides many that wandel and sue had never heard of as far as they could see there were flowers the mountains to their tops were gay with them and along the laughing stream which flowed down the valley where they stood, flowers hung over the banks and nodded to the flower-faces that smiled up at them. "'I should think they would run out of red and yellow and things, with so many flowers to put colours into,' said Sue. A lily heard Sue say that, and spoke up. "'There will always be colour enough, as long as folks smile.' for if we are flowers we are also smiles we are all the smiles that folks have ever smiled when folks are through with a smile it does not die but comes to the moon and blossoms into a beautiful flower of the kind that each smile desires whose smile were you asked sue and the lily replied i was the smile of a mother when she first saw her baby girl lying beside her asleep i heard them call the baby sue oh cried sue and she danced with joy i'm sue and you were my mother's smile and she kissed the lily again and again and as she did so her face broke into smiles and when she looked down at the ground there were i suppose more than a dozen daisies which she had not seen before she looked surprised and then the lily burst out laughing you were smiling just now your smiles have turned into daisies and then sue smiled some more and of course some more daisies sprang up but loveliest of all of the smiles was the baby smile of sue it was a soft very pale violet that smiled up at her you don't remember of course the violet said to sue you couldn't blink here had already found you and put you to sleep hadn't you blink blink remembered it yes he replied and even then it took more sand to put sue asleep than it did her mamma who was ever so much bigger but you smiled in your sleep the violet added and when mamma had kissed it nearly all away it floated off like a wisp of night cloud and came to the moon as you see Wondell, all this time, had been silent, but Sue suddenly turned, and there she saw him laughing as she had never seen him laugh before, with golden sunflowers springing up all about him. It's Snuggle, said Wondell. He pointed to a tall red peony that was bigger than you or I ever saw, and leaning against it was Snuggle, fast asleep. Blink took out his notebook again and put in it where Snuggle was sleeping by the seven lilies in the plot of gold it said which was true for that was the name of the place where they stood blink had never seen anything so strange as this next to Wandell and sue snuggle was the hardest creature in all the world to get to sleep i suppose it will be Wandell and sue next he said AND I COULDN'T WRITE DOWN WHERE I LEFT THEM, BECAUSE I CAN'T SPELL SUCH STRANGE NAMES. AND BLINK SMILED, AND AS HE DID SO, A GREAT SNAP-DRAGON SPRANG UP THAT WAS BIGGER THAN BLINK HIMSELF. IT WHISPERED SOMETHING IN HIS EAR, AND THIS WAS THE THING IT TOLD HIM. THE POPPIES WANT THE FOLK-CHILDREN TO STAY IN THE FIELDS OF THE GONE SMILES AND HAVE PLANNED TO PUT THEM TO SLEEP. AND BLINK KNEW THAT POPPIES WERE THAT WAY that they will put folks asleep almost as quickly as the sleep-sand itself so he said well my children it is time we should go and he lifted snuggle on to his shoulder and carried her out of the fields of the gone smiles and it was well enough that he did so for when they came to the ladder of the rickety rungs Wandell and sue fell asleep and blink laid them down on the edge of a chuckle for the moon was laughing so heartily that he shook "'and I suppose the two children would have been there to this day "'sleeping in the fields of the Gone Smiles "'if Blink had not acted quickly. "'So bent were the poppies on keeping them.' "'On and on they slept, Wandell and Sue. "'It was probably a whole hour, for Daddy was in his study "'and had just finished his paper when he asked Mother, "'The children, dear, are they in bed?' Mamma smiled.' Why, no, I left them looking into the fire more than an hour ago. They're so quiet, though. Let us go and see. So the two of them went downstairs into the big living room, and there in the big armchair slept Wandell and Sue as we first saw them. Daddy pinched Sue's cheek, very gently, of course. Come, Missy, for that is what he called her. Hardly ever Sue at all. Come, Missy he said it is time to go to bed and you too mr wandell and as the two children roused up and rubbed their eyes he added been to the land of nod have you yes sue replied and besides we've been to the land of dusk and the land of dreams and the grotto where the night things go and to the fields of what were they the garden of wandell the garden of gone smiles said wandell yes sue replied and it was a wonder we got away from there too blink lost the paper that said where he left his children and we went to help find them they'll wake up if they think something to eat is ready blink said and so he began to call sue is ready come and have some sue so the blink children woke up and came running to us blink wanted wandell and me to eat too but i knew you would be waiting and so he brought us home and Why, she's sleeping again, said Wandell, laughing, for he was wide awake now. And it was that way, for Daddy had to say, Sue, it's ten o'clock, before she got awake enough to go to bed. End of Chapter 13 End of The Ladder of Rickety Rungs by T. C. O'Donnell